One of the biggest sporting events in the entire world, the Men's FIFA World Cup, is about to kick off in Qatar. But millions right around the world are furious that Qatar was awarded the rights given its track record of human rights violations. So is FIFA turning a blind eye? Details ahead this hour. My name is Holly Stearns. Let's get started. Today, 20 of the world's leading economies are in Bali for the all-important G20 summit. The forum is an opportunity for leading superpowers to improve relations and overcome shared economic challenges. While global health architecture, digital transformations and sustainable energy transitions are the theme, undeniably this summit comes at a time of great geopolitical tension and conflict too. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. It follows the historic meeting between US President Joe Biden and China's Xi Jinping. The pair met for over three hours with both vowing to try and avoid conflict and improve relations. Adam Hancock has the latest from Singapore next. And in the United States, the fight for control of the House is neck and neck. The Democrats have inched closer to keeping control of the Senate with a projected win in the key state of Arizona. Ticker's US correspondent Veronica Dudo is standing by in New York. Plus... This is a message to David Beckham. FIFA Men's World Cup is just days away and a whole host of stars have taken aim at the major sporting event. FIFA has been slammed for selecting Qatar as the host nation amid the nation's stance on same-sex relationships, human rights records and the treatment of migrant workers. Pop sensation Dua Lipa, Robbie Williams and Rod Stewart all voicing their concerns. Details and more ahead this hour. Now, from Ticker News... This is your world. Hello, a very warm welcome to our viewers right around the world. All of those headlines are coming up this hour, but first, let's go to Indonesia. Today, 20 of the world's leading economies are in Bali, of course, for the all-important G20 summit. This includes the United States, China, France, India, the UK and Australia. The forum is an opportunity for leading superpowers to improve relations and overcome shared economic challenges too. While the global health architecture, digital transformations and sustainable energy transitions are the theme of this year's meet, undeniably this summit comes at a time of great geopolitical tension and conflict. Notably, Russia's Vladimir Putin will not be attending. Instead, Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov will take his position. Reports have been circulating that Lavrov was taken to hospital upon arrival to Bali, claims the Russian firmly denies. Lavrov has instead scolded Western journalists for what he casts as false reporting. Now, the historic meeting will be an opportunity for leaders to come face to face in a bid to stabilise and reach consensus, with no doubt the Ukraine war will be prominent on everyone's mind. Front and centre, though, is President Biden's meeting with Xi Jinping from China as the two leaders attempt to cooperate. But turning our attention now to that all-important meeting between President Biden and Xi Jinping. Now, the pair met for over three hours with both vowing to try and avoid conflict and improve relations ahead. Let's go to Adam Hancock, who has the latest from Singapore. It's finally happened. The leaders of two of the world's biggest superpowers have sat down for face-to-face -face talks in Bali. Remember, that's the first time that that has happened since Mr. Biden took office. And it was a warm start to proceedings. There were handshakes, smiles for the cameras, and in their opening remarks as well, Mr. Biden said 
They should both manage their differences and prevent competition from becoming anything ever near conflict. And President Xi was seemingly very much of the same mindset. He talked about wanting to elevate the relationship between the US and China. Interestingly, he also talked about the importance of meeting face to face. And that's noteworthy considering he's barely left China since the pandemic started. Of course, there was plenty for them to discuss some controversial topics such as Taiwan. And with tensions so strained recently between Washington and Beijing, it will be interesting to see if these talks can move in some way to kind of soften the relationship between the two countries. Elsewhere, and there was a bizarre incident involving the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov. There were reports in Indonesia that he'd been hospitalized in Bali. Those reports were dismissed by the Russian foreign ministry, who called them fake. They also posted a video of Mr. Lavrov sat talking to the camera. Now, remember, he is in Bali in place of Vladimir Putin, who declined his invitation to attend the summit. But despite that, there will be plenty of talk about the conflict between Russia and Ukraine in the coming days. One man who's been very strong on Putin and Russia is the new British Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. He made some very strong comments, very firm comments on the plane over to Indonesia. It will be interesting to see how Mr. Sunak gets on. This is the first real major global event for him since he took over from Liz Truss just a couple of weeks ago. Elsewhere, and Anthony Albanese will be meeting with President Xi. That will be interesting because obviously Australia and China have had their own tensions in recent times. There's also going to be talks about food security, energy security and health as well. So plenty of talks in the coming days. Obviously, lots of fraught relationships between members of the G20 at this time. So it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens. Reporting from Singapore, Adam Hancock for Ticker News. And as Adam mentioned there, Australian Prime Minister Anthony Albanese will meet with his Chinese counterpart Xi Jinping in Bali on Tuesday. The meeting is, of course, a big step forward in relations between the two nations, with hopes it will help wind back Beijing's trade bans on Australian exports. Albanese says he will go into the meeting with goodwill after China's Premier noted his country is ready to meet with Australia halfway. Tomorrow I will be having a bilateral meeting with Chinese President Xi and that will take place tomorrow afternoon and I'm looking forward to that constructive meeting. Now, if it goes ahead, it will be the first formal talks between an Australian leader and Xi since 2016. At the start of the COVID pandemic, former Prime Minister Scott Morrison called for a UN inquiry into the origins of the virus, further souring relations. The confirmation of the upcoming meeting follows months of de delicate, rather, behind-the-scenes negotiations by Australian and Chinese officials too. In the United States, the fight for control of the House is coming down to the absolute wire. There are still over a dozen congressional races that remain uncalled, with control of the House hanging in the ballots. For more, let's bring in Tickers US correspondent Veronica Dudo in New York for us. Veronica, lovely to see you as always. What are the outstanding seats and when will we know the result? Hi there, Holly. Well, as you mentioned, the midterm elections have come and gone and there are still no clear winners in 19 different congressional seats, specifically in the U.S. House of Representatives. Now, the minority leader um, just actually delivered a speech in the Senate, Mitch McConnell, and he said that while the president was quick to take a victory lap for Democrats and said that he will not change his plan moving forward, that this clear shot of these races still not being called, that they are too close to call, is just more evidence that the United States remains deeply divided.
Now, of those seats, we do know that 218 seats is what is needed to win a majority of the 435-seat body. Democrats won control of the Senate, but as we mentioned, in the House, there are still 12. So looking at the U.S. House of Representatives, Republicans made giant gains on Sunday with the Arizona 6th Congressional District and California's 41st Congressional District. So the political weight of these midterm elections continues to weigh heavily on both parties because it will ultimately decide what will and will not get done in Washington, D.C. over. Veronica Dudo there. Thank you. This is a message to David Beckham. I consider you, along with Kim Woodburn and Monty Don, to be a gay icon. You were the first premiership footballer to do shoots with gay magazines like Attitude, to speak openly about your gay fans, and you married a Spice Girl, which is the gayest thing a human being can do. But now it's 2022, and you've signed a reported £10 million deal with Qatar to be their ambassador during the FIFA World Cup. Qatar was voted as one of the worst places in the world to be gay. Homosexuality is illegal, punishable by imprisonment, and if you're Muslim, possibly even death. You've always talked about the power of football as a force for good, which suggests to me that you've never seen West Brom. But generally, I agree. So with that in mind, I'm giving you a choice. If you end your relationship with Qatar, I'll donate this 10 grand of my own money, that's a grand for every million you're reportedly getting, to charities that support queer people in football. However, if you do not, at midday next Sunday, I will throw this money into a shredder just before the opening ceremony of the World Cup and stream it live on a website I've registered called benderslikebeckham.com. Not just the money, but also your status as a gay icon will be shredded. You'll be forcing me to commit a crime. Although even then, I reckon I'll get off more likely than I would if I got caught whacking off a lad in Doha. The choice is yours. I look forward to hearing from you. British comedian David Lysette there with a warning to David Beckham ahead of the FIFA Men's World Cup, which of course is just days away. A whole host of other stars have also taken aim at the major sporting event. Pop sensation Dua Lipa has denied reports that she's due to perform in Qatar, saying in an Instagram post she will look forward to visiting the country when it has fulfilled all the human rights pledges that it initially made. FIFA has of course been slammed for selecting Qatar as the host nation amid the nation's stance on same-sex relationships, human rights records and the treatment of migrant workers too. It follows Rod Stewart taking a similar stance. He says he turned down an offer of over $1 million to play in Qatar for the World Cup, but he turned it down. Now, Stewart believes performing wasn't an option and also believes the Iranian football team should be out of the World Cup too for supplying arms, but not everyone has turned down the cash. Robbie Williams and Jung Cook from BTS are both set to perform. Meanwhile, British comedian Joe Lysett there made that very public ultimatum to, of course, none other than Qatar World Cup ambassador David Beckham. Now, ho homosexuality, of course, is illegal in the country, and the comedian says he will shred the money just before the opening ceremony if Beckham refuses to cooperate. You're up to date for now on Ticker News. We'll be right back after this short break. You're watching Ticker News. For breaking news 24-7, visit tickernews.co. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Download the Ticker News app on your smart TV. And stream us live on our Facebook page. More news is just minutes away.